0: Hello and welcome to the Woman to Woman podcast. My name is Hope and the next 10 weeks I'll be joining you every single Wednesday with a special guest. This podcast is about celebrating women, women who have been on a journey, women who have been through a tragedy, a struggle, women who have achieved something great, inspiring women, wonderful women. Women who mean something to me. We all have a story. And this is a place where women can share their stories. They can share their triumphs. It's a place where we can lean on one another and have a great conversation. We all have a story. And here are theirs. I am so excited for for this first episode. This guest is so, so special to me. One of my earliest friends from my early years at high school. Me and Jaquetta, or Jaquetta and I, we met in year seven when we were 11, 12 years old and we formed a really strong friendship. We were best of friends all through high school and then we drifted apart. In recent years, we have Rekindled our friendship and I am so pleased that we have. Jaquetta has always, always loved fashion. When we were younger, she used to dress so much older than we were. But she had an image and she had a look and she knew what she wanted to do. I'm so proud of Jaquetta because she has followed that ambition. She went to college, she studied fashion and now she works as a personal shopper. Working with huge clients all around the world. She's achieved so much and she is so ambitious. When I first met Jaquetta, I knew her mother. Her mother was Sapphire and she was a wonderful woman. She had the biggest smile always on her face and made you feel fantastic whenever you were in her presence. I remember me and my mum going up uptown and we were shopping and we bumped into Jaquetta and Sapphire and we ended up going to Costa Coffee and speaking about Matalan of all places. Jaquetta's mother Sapphire passed away when Jaquetta was just 11 years old. She then had to kind of face a life without a mother figure. She was an only child and at times her relationship with her dad went across troubled water But they remain strong and unified and she thanks her dad for all that he done for her to this day. I was so, so blessed and appreciative of Jaquetta speaking with me on the first episode of this podcast. It's such a special episode and I'm so excited to share it with you. This is Jaquetta's story. having a little wag. A little chat. Mate.
1: A little chat.
0: little chat. Have you noticed I've actually got my makeup on today? I haven't worn makeup in so long.
1: Have you not been wearing makeup for the whole time since you've been home?
0: No. I mean I can't stand it now.
1: I, I literally have days in and out where sometimes do you know if I go to Sainsbury's I want to put on a bit of makeup to look nice even though I've got a full mask on and no one can even see me but
0: <laughs> and yes. of course it's all Estee Lauder obviously all the way (laughs) how have you all got a brand with them I do not know
1: I don't it's so funny because my friend Claire who's like a family friend as well she her mum loves Estee Lauder as well so we always talk about it like we'll be like have you seen their new their new release of this new lipstick like we love it
0: (laughs) oh my god I'm like not a makeup person like since lockdown I used to be into it I feel like as I'm getting older I'm I'm less less and less bothered what What people think think now yeah, I'd much rather spend money on skincare than makeup.
1: That's how I need to be. I need to, like, get more into skincare and stuff, but...
0: You've got lovely skin, though.
1: I mean, I've got a lot of foundation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, this more is... My, my skin looks lovely because I'm wearing some ment on my face.
1: <laughs> no, one thing you know, like, the face mask, um, sheet masks? Mm. I, so... <laughs> I basically this one time I put it on my face and I was so pale I'd been ill so I just didn't I was so so pale and when I came downstairs my dad was like I feel like you've got something on your face but not like he couldn't see the (laughs) on my face (laughs) that is how like pale and ill I looked and how clear I mean my skin must have looked very clear for him to not tell
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Well, you've always been into makeup haven't you Always, always. We started off with the Nivea tinted moisturizer from Tesco, didn't we, back in the day?
1: Well, how orange we would have looked. Literally. Well, we did look,
0: we did look so, so orange.
1: So bad. And who can forget the Maybelline Mousse foundation lip days?
0: Yeah, all over the lips. What were we so, thinking?
1: To the point where like, I would go into Superdrug and I would buy Maybelline Mousse, but I wouldn't actually look at the, like the colors of the skin. I would just pick up, which... <laughs> Which everyone my friend had, even though we had completely different skin tones. I would just no, you're um, always
0: rays, and I'm a milk
1: bottle. <laughs> I would be just wearing like, I'd probably just look like I had like, just like a ghosty like layer on my face.
0: Oh, not you. <laughs> oh, you used, used to go purple and grey, didn't it? Oh God. Grey. What were we like? Oh my goodness. So talking about what we're like, do you remember when we first met?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know if this is the exact first time that we met, but this is the first like proper memory I have. And it was outside geography year seven. Probably our, it was, was Miss McCarron. Yeah, probably our first week of school. And I remember we all, you know, you line up outside and we were all stood there. And I we <sighs> obviously we were in the same form. We probably like smiled at each other, but we didn't really know each other. And then we came in and I was assigned like the seat behind you and You were in front of me. I can't remember who you were sat next to, and I can't remember who I was sat next to, so sorry to them. But that's I irrelevant,
0: thought, it's all about us this podcast, not them. It's
1: <laughs> all about so, yeah, and I remember you turned around, we were like passing, it was like writing your names down or something. You turned around and handed it to me, and I was like, Thanks. And then we started chatting like throughout the lesson. I always remember you asking me, So, do you fancy any boys then? Like, is there anyone that's caught your eye? And I was like, no, I don't know anyone. I've been here for a week, babe. I don't know. like, <laughs> like okay, good because I've got a boyfriend and like he's in our form. I remember. I felt like he was saying it to be like, don't fancy him
0: but that move before you. I can't. Even, was I friends with Molly?
1: Yeah. So it was, and I I remember. So I remember another memory of when I first was like meeting you, and it was. Me, you, and Bethan, and I remember Bethan had this purple handbag, and I'd never spoken to her before. And again, it was all this all happened. We all became friends like very quickly. It was like literally the first week. Yeah, I party. can't believe I
0: had a boyfriend, A.K.A. Reese, before I even spoke away. to you. Yeah. <laughs> but I
1: remember Bethan's handbag, and I remember being like, um, "Oh my god, I love your handbag." She's like, "It's from Givenchy." <laughs> I always remember that. I love. Them, love them. <laughs> and I had like, a little like satchel. <laughs> And you had oh, I had a
0: man bag I had a Timberland over the shoulder mad, man bag that Matty Turner had as well
1: I swear you had a backpack
0: no had I had, a, had a big old Timberland bag I meant to TK Maxx mum and dad and they were like oh no they were like oh, I wanted to look a designer handbag because I was going into year seven thinking I was really cool and they were like no I have this one and I was like okay it's, it's Timberland it's cool first day of school a boy has it which now I wouldn't be bothered about back then social suicide That's mate
1: like the end of the world yeah absolutely that's like with the PE bag. You've, if you've got PE, you've got to make sure you've got like a decent PE bag. You you've got to have a decent
0: carry bag. <laughs> what was, like was that, that about? Pack. Why? Is, why was it I cool be, to have a particular carrier bag?
1: You know, if I went to Topshop, I would save the plastic bags. So we it would all be did. What was that about? <laughs> or
0: River Island? You'd have two bags, one in the other. Was that other schools, or was that just us? Because that was weird.
1: I know, so funny. Weird. I said and- weird,
0: weirdly, because it was weird. <laughs>
1: It was weird. <laughs> and do you know what, also, I remember those trainers were they what were those trainers that everyone had? Like, oh, Perry, eight? oh those them? And I remember yeah. my in year seven when they first came out, and when my mum was alive, she flat out was like, No, you cannot wear those. Like, she was like, No, you have ballet pumps, like little cute, like girly ballet yeah, pumps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I just want bloody Fred Perry sneakers. <laughs> she was like, No. Like,
0: I was like me with Mackenzie jackets. All of our friends had Mackenzie jackets. Beth and Gemma had Mackenzie jackets. They're the coolest thing. Yeah. I was not allowed one. Not allowed. I,
1: I was not allowed a Mackenzie jacket either. A bit, I never, as I never as asked for
0: Paul's boutique though. That was a bit far.
1: No, never ever had Paul's went to Paul's boutique. I don't think many people did though. Really, that wasn't like asked. That was thing. a little
0: bit later, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but I don't think that was really like a major. There wasn't a major trend, I would
0: say. Yeah, the trend at our school leather- was River Island carrier bags. River
1: Island carrier bags and leather jackets. Leather jackets.
0: Oh my God. Oh, my God, oh my God, do you care? Do you remember that? Uh, there was a non-uniform day once and my brother had brought me back from America a Ralph Lauren long-sleeve green polar t-shirt. And <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was a good idea on non-uniform day to wear that top with no deodorant, jeans, and then my mum's cowboy boots were too big for me. <laughs> Oh, I thought I was so cool all day.
1: It was year seven, wasn't it? What is it, that outfit? That was, yeah, you would only make you would only make a crime like that happen in year seven when you've got no clue. In year eight, you would have got bullied like there's no tomorrow.
0: <laughs> oh, year eight, we were the cool kids in year eight, so I wouldn't have done it then. But bloody hell, what is was it? I doing?
1: No, it just. Yeah. I mean, some of my outfit choices are not the best, but that definitely tops it, cowboy boots. <laughs>
0: I are size six and I was like size four. Oh my god well, but before, before you come to, to school met me you obviously yeah. you were at primary school blah 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 but before all of that you were born and raised in Kettering for the most part weren't you?
1: Well yeah I wasn't born in Kettering I was actually born in Bedford so random but um huh? I know no it's because my mum and dad obviously they met like in London so when they got together they were in London and then when they got married and when my mom found out she was pregnant with me she was like by London like we're moving out the city and yeah. like one of the closest like places is a place called Sandy which is in Bedfordshire so I was actually born in the Bedfordshire, Bedfordshire Hospital. trial and then new they had a new like um oh my god they had a new ward for newborn babies and I was one of the first babies to be in that ward so Oh. I think that Story, I don't know. You're so famous. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm your sure mom... there's a plaque of me somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, on a bench. <laughs> so,
1: like, who is this kid? Do you know
0: where your mum and dad actually met? What where, where where they met? What yeah. they're doing?
1: Oh my god, cutest thing ever. So this is such a love story.
0: Oh, so love my mum awesome.
1: and dad. I know. So my mum and dad knew each other when they were like in their in their twenties. My dad was an actor on the West End and stuff and my mum was working at SA Lauder head office and then she also used to do backing singing for Kim Wilde random but they mm-hmm. met because of the same like industries and stuff they had a mutual friend and they were all sort of like not close friends but you know if you go to like parties or someone's having a party they would be there and my dad always remembers the first time ever me and my mum was after this like show and my dad used to have like a BMW sports car that was like a two-seater he used Ooh. to he was like Guy around <laughs> London being like, I'm an actor, like driving around in this like sports car. What a loser! But he like basically put in more people into this two seater sports car. And my mum, like, squeezed in with her boyfriend at the time. And my dad always says he can remember looking in like the mirror and seeing my mum. And he just was like, I couldn't, like, <laughs> it was like I was driving, but I couldn't stop staring at your mum because she was so like beautiful. Aww. And then but he, had, he had a girlfriend at the time, my mom had a boyfriend. Years and years went past and my dad when he was like because my do you think my mum and dad officially got together until they were like in their early 30s and my dad was like to their mutual friend he sort of remembered her and he said oh I really want her number like, mm-hmm. can I have her number to start dating her and his friend said no she's too good for you you're not <laughs> Not her, and my dad pestered and pestered his friend and his friend literally was like no she's too good for you she won't be interested in you you've got no chance and then my dad was at Covent Garden tube station on his way to a audition and the tube he the tube like doors opened and as he got on he saw my mum getting off she'd come back from like a gym class and had like leg warmers on like this was like the leg warmer days yeah yeah. And he jumped off the tube and didn't go to his audition so he could follow her and ask for her number. Oh. How cute. I'm like, stuff like that. With that being said though, if a guy followed me off the tube, I'd be like, no, go away. She made but face. <laughs> Get away from me. How cute though. And then since then years down go. the line I come along.
0: <laughs> you came along. So you were an only child.
1: Yeah, only how, child. How was that? It was, do you know what? When I was younger, I used to so badly want a baby brother or a baby sister to the point where I actually, my poor mum, I genuinely used to lie in school. This is how crazy. So if I would be like, in reception and if one of the kids would announce that they, they were having like a baby brother or a sister, I would get mm-hmm. jealous. So I would lie and be like, yes, so am I. So then my poor mum <laughs> would have to see these teachers and they would be like, congratulations. And she would... I mean really insulting like thing like she must have been traumatized from that but I eventually see I really wanted one and then I I don't know it was it wasn't until I was about maybe seven and my mum actually did end up getting pregnant so they were planning on having another baby but she miscarried and then at the time when she miscarried obviously you just think maybe it's like an age thing because obviously my parents are older yeah but it turned out that the reason why she would have miscarried would have been that the ovarian cancer, the cyst would have essentially killed the didn't baby. It. But back then they just didn't know. Like, I don't think they didn't do enough tests or anything just because they assume when a woman gets to a certain age and you're pregnant, it is you have a higher chance of miscarrying. So they sort of just don't
0: put like, it that
1: yeah they don't really like bother asking really much. Yeah. But yeah.
0: When you were younger, so when you were in Kettering, where you were spending yeah. most of your childhood, was it really happy?
1: Yes, yeah, so happy. I literally had I mean like I'm so lucky that I have so many videos and pictures and stuff like my parents very much every occasion like the video camera was out, like it was it was constant. So I have so many memories, as well as having like those images and those videos to look back on. It was so, so happy. Obviously, I was mainly with my mum the whole time. When my mum and dad got together, my dad just was like, you be a full-time mum. She tried to go back to work, I think, but then just wanted to spend all her time with me. (laughs) (laughs) And I could blame her. (laughs) So she, yeah, became a full-time mum. So I was literally with her all the time. We were so, so, so close. But then I also was so lucky to have such a great dad that on the weekends, that was like mine and dad's time. So my mum would like relax and she would have her lay-ins and me and dad would like play like you take me to the park and stuff so I literally had genuinely in my eyes a perfect upbringing like I how I was brought up and how my parents were that's how I would love to like what I would love to do for my child as well
0: oh so, yeah. that's lovely I know. Oh. <laughs> so I, I know I knew mum I uh knew your mum when we were in year in year seven I used to come around yours all the time to play Sims and what have you um and she was just she was so lovely and so bubbly that no matter, if if she walked into a room and someone was really, really miserable, she would just make them feel better just by being in the room with them. She wouldn't even need to say anything to them. She just had that kind of energy. Um, and I remember that she she used to love um, fruit and nut chocolate. So whenever I see fruit and nut chocolate, I think of your mum Sapphire <laughs> and she was absolutely gorgeous. Um, tell us more about your mum, people who don't uh, know her.
1: I, you literally hit anyone Anyone that knew her just describe her as like her energy, her yeah. confidence. She just had, I mean, she just had this, I don't know, like she was genuinely mesmerizing. And I know that's biased to say because she was my mum, but she
0: I can back you up on that. <laughs>
1: everyone, everyone like says that, like anyone that even knew her, like just throughout her life, like that's just what she was like. like. And it wasn't just her beauty that like set you back. It was just how she was as a person she was so funny so bubbly so confident I mean she could chat someone's bloody ear off like there's no tomorrow (laughs) but you wouldn't get get annoyed like I probably talk a bit too much and people are like please be quiet but she was like she would have all these stories like she was just so yeah she was so like constantly had so many friends like my dad always jokes around that when she passed away his social life went with her because (laughs) she was like (laughs) The bread and butter, like she had all all the friends were like her friends, like she just was like that. And she, yeah, she was so organized. Now now that I think back, it's so weird because obviously when I was, when she was around, I was a lot younger, but now I'm an adult and growing up as a woman, I look back and I think like, some of the stuff she does, like she did as a mum. I just think, wow, I'd love to be like that. Like, I'd love to be able to be like that because, you know, I'm sure being a mum it's very very like it's very very stressful it's very very hard and she never lost it with me ever she was always although she I mean maybe this is like the thing of having Caribbean moms but she would never raise her voice at me because she's above that like she's like no is she'd be, like as in like the face like she's not gonna raise her voice and scream in public and in, Feel like she's embarrassed, like I'm the one that's having a tantrum, I'm going to be embarrassed. She would have me trained on the look, it would just be this look she would give me. To do,
0: have you tried to do the look?
1: No, I can never recreate the look. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure this, maybe this is like, I'm not a mum, but I'm sure this is probably like a mum thing. I'm sure many mums do this with like the look trained, but yeah, she never ever, like it was like, she never ever like shouted at me because, mm. The look scared me enough that <laughs> <No>, I wouldn't. But <laughs>
0: well, because she was such a smiley, bubbly person, if she just went for a serious look, you would know that you'd find. Oh yeah,
1: that's the thing. Like you would know. Like that's you're not. I'm not playing. Like you're yeah. in trouble. This isn't jokes yeah. or anything. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, tell us about your mum's your mum's family. Did you come from a big family?
1: Yeah. So they are a really big family. She has a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters. Um, she so. My mum's family, they are, I feel like, because maybe, I don't know, I don't come from a necessarily big family, but in some respects they were close and in other respects Mm -hmm. they weren't. I think a lot of them, you know, a lot of them moved around and like did their own thing. So Mm -hmm. they, some of them, like they don't even live in the country or anything. So they're not like close, close like how I feel like normal British families are like very, very close. Like the family's always like quite close by and stuff that's not what my mum's side of the family was like at all um my grandma was in the Caribbean and then my mum's old one of my mum's my mum's older sister she was in um Bordeaux in France
0: she's and a legend by the way I can say that as well met her
1: is the best like literally <laughs> her, her and my mum together dream team right there <laughs> but yeah they weren't really and then my mum's um older brother he was in Germany and then my mum's twin sister she was in I think London, I think just outside of London, and then they also had a younger brother, who's Norman, who no one,
0: Norman,
1: with, no one actually really knows where he is. Norman or Norman? Norman, no, Norman, 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 Norman. Yeah. Norman. <laughs> I keep telling you, talking like, did you have you said, yeah, Norman? Andy. but yeah,
0: he um, is that right? He, Normandy? No, <laughs> 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 I
1: don't. <What>? <laughs> I don't <laughs> <think you're talking laughs> from that at all what's but norman he, norman it's that's just his name that's Oh, his like, name is Norman. <laughs> thing i was talking about
0: what you were saying and he was from germany and she was in france and he's norman <laughs> no. and i was like oh he's normandy his name, norman. right, okay. no, his name is norman right okay his name is norman, <laughs> norman <laughs> the uncle norman.
1: but yeah he i think he's i think he's in manchester i don't know i
0: don't have I I your 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 family from that side now
1: yeah me and my auntie pat so my mum's older sister
0: that, in bordeaux
1: uh, yeah we're so close love her to pieces like yeah I'd like speak to her but other than that it's not that yeah it's nothing it's just i guess we're just not a crazy crazy like close yeah. family yeah. and also like when my mom was alive like she was the one that would obviously like send like speak to them on the phone and stuff like that i have most of them all on social media so mm. It's just. I feel like that's just the generation that we are
0: now. Everything. Yeah, that, that's enough. <laughs> in they're in. Anyway. They're in that. They're in like the old school phone book, which is basically followers now. Um,
1: yeah,
0: so the reason I want you, I've brought you on here today, is because this podcast is about women who have been through traumas, hard times, um, have yeah. grown, and are pretty incredible. And I think you've you've gone through all of those steps, and you are an incredible woman. Um, talk to us about the diagnosis. So. Do you remember how you found out that your mum had cancer?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my so my mum, I always remember this one day, it was just like any other normal day. Maybe it, it must have been like a school holiday because it was a weekday and I was off school.
0: And how old and were you at this time?
1: I would have been so, my mum, I believe, it's so hard Like sometimes for me to try and remember because it was so, so long ago, but I believe my mum got diagnosed with cancer when I would have been about nine years old because I was in primary school in like relatively like nearly my, my last year of primary school I feel mm-hmm. like she had she had cancer for a while well not a while maybe I would say a year and a half or maybe like two years okay. she passed away when I was 11 so if I I feel like I was nine like nearly mm-hmm. 10 when she got diagnosed and yeah I remember this I remember this day, we had plans, like, we were meant to be going into town just to, like, run errands or anything. And I remember in the morning, it was crazy. Her stomach had bloated out as if she was, like, eight months pregnant. It was insane. And it was rock solid. And she was on the phone, obviously, to the doctor.
0: Overnight, then, like, this just happened, overnight.
1: Yeah, it was just weird. I When I woke up in the morning, she was just downstairs on the phone to the doctor. And her stomach had just bloated out. Like, she literally looked as if she was about eight months pregnant. It was the most bizarre thing like I've ever seen it was so crazy and I think I mean prior to that I feel like she was always constantly having doctor's appointments so I'm sure she was going complaining about certain things anyway um and yes, yeah, so then we ended up going to the hospital because she actually so yeah sorry I've sometimes my like memory that's fine you go like,
0: where you need that's fine. <laughs>
1: um, So yeah, so she had been, because she'd been going to the doctors prior to her stomach bloating out and complaining, she'd actually been diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, and that happens very commonly with people that end up having ovarian cancer. They're often misdiagnosed with IBS because a lot of their symptoms are quite similar in the beginning.
0: So this might sound a bit of a weird question, um ibs can obviously be stomach pains bloating and things like that but can ovarian cancer it can can ovarian cancer because that's what she had also affect your bowel movement because ibs can also be you've got diarrhea and things
1: i don't know i'll be honest like i'm not that clued up it's quite bad i'm not that clued up on everything it's not not
0: that it's bad it's just that you haven't (laughs) that's fine
1: (laughs) yeah i'm not sure i mean in a way it it must be because for them to diagnose that's what i'm saying. like there must have been because a lot of the symptoms must have been very mm-hmm. like very on that but yeah so she obviously bloated out she was talking to the doctor on the phone and they ended up saying you should go go into hospital so she ended, we ended up going into hospital to like any yeah because it's was like very bizarre and then I don't remember if this was no so this wouldn't have been the same day so yeah, she was in hospital in Amy. And then I remember they ended up keeping her in overnight. Mm-hmm. So I remember being with my dad and stuff. And again, timing's a little bit off because I can't really because obviously I would have been, yeah, I would have been about nine. So I yeah. can't really remember a lot. But whether it was probably was a couple of days later that she then had another appointment at the hospital, and that's when they must have said that it was cancer. And I I wasn't there for that. I wasn't well, there. Where were you? I, I was in the hospital, I must have been with someone, like a family member friend or something, I can't, it's really weird, but I remember when I got told that she had cancer and I remember my dad telling me, I remember it was in the Costa in the hospital and he, I knew something was up, like I just yeah. knew something was up with him and genuinely up until that point, my whole entire life, I'd never seen my dad cry, which is bizarre, I'd never, ever sorry I'm gonna well up but I'm not like (laughs) I'm not like sad it's just I don't know I just like it's because basically I'd never ever seen my dad cry ever yeah and then seeing him cry I knew it was really bad like as a child and you have like your dad and you've never seen him cry like I don't know I know it's so bad when it comes to like
0: like that's when it helped. really as as a child they're the ones who are always strong they're the ones who have yeah, got you
1: no yeah yeah it's like not okay and that's when he said like like mum's got cancer and I remember him being like it's gonna be okay though because like they've caught it like she's gonna have um like chemo and stuff it's gonna like be fine well, she
0: came prepared look she's got a toilet roll next to her
1: for oh, the tears you. she knew <laughs> Was annoyed that i didn't wear waterproof mascara but what can you do if you do want to stop
0: at any point you, you just tell me
1: yeah no no it's fine um but yes yeah, so i i knew it's bad and i think it's so crazy like the thoughts of a child but when i saw him cry because i don't you know how to explain it i felt weird i felt sort of like not awkward. i felt I feel like i felt awkward because i would never ever seen my dad cry
0: so It's understandable though. It's such a weird, a a bizarre thing to be in a situation. You're gonna act weird, aren't you? Awkward.
1: Yeah, it was so weird. So because he was crying, obviously I was crying, but I felt like I took it upon myself that I really should stop crying because I need to comfort him. Like he, instead of it being the other way around, like it's just weird how kids think. Yeah. And then after that, I genuinely, throughout the whole time of like her having cancer, I never cried publicly ever, not until, even when she died, I couldn't cry, like, it took me a lot of counselling sessions and a lot of therapy to feel comfortable, I mean, now I don't bloody stop crying. <laughs> but, <laughs> Clearly. <laughs>
0: you felt like you had to be strong.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It was I was going to ask you just, about that later on, about if you ever felt like you had to kind of be the adult
1: yeah it was just so silly because like no one made me feel or, like or sh- would
0: even expect it but you just yeah, took it upon yourself
1: we exactly, like did it was just really bizarre yeah yeah but yes yeah, so and then she had cancer like it got diagnosed and then she had chemotherapy and she ended up having to have a operation to have the cyst removed and her ovaries do
0: you know how so big then- the cyst was and they removed it
1: I'm not sure, but she had to go to Cambridge Hospital. Adam you know Brooks. Yeah, it was either Cambridge or Norwich. And you know, I probably. See, this is what I mean, like, because she was having. That's a- fine, but a- you were a- young, so so
0: one of the big hospitals, rather than for yeah. people who are listening, yeah. Kings is is the town that we were in when we were growing up. This town I'm currently in at the moment, and up the road there's a hospital, the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, but they yeah. haven't got lots of the really kind of not important things. Because I'm sure but they could do a good like job, operation. they haven't got like the major stuff.
1: I think, yeah, to do that certain operation, they had yeah. to be to referred to another place. So, because I remember on the day when she, I remember going like visiting her. So, obviously, like when she had her operation done. And yeah, I remember feeling excited because you, I mean, the thing is that I didn't understand at the time is, which I'm sure now I'm an adult when I understand with cancer. Is she had stage, it was either stage three or stage four. And I'm really sorry if I get this muddled up. But one of basically, whichever stage it was that she had was where it's sort of like, okay, you try and you have chemo. Yeah, I think it's, and yeah. You try and remove the cancer, but the likelihood of it coming back and you passing away from it is very, very high. But at the time, obviously, I'm a kid, like, I don't know that. So in my eyes, I'm like, oh, this is going to be perfectly fine and again no one told me I no one like gave me false hope or anything I just assumed that well, of course you
0: did though because I, it's I, your mum
1: and as a yeah, kid you'd she's,
0: think oh she had the operation now she's gonna be better okay.
1: you would think so, yeah, that exactly. so yes yeah, so she had the operation and again do you know what like watching anyone that's like anyone that's watched someone be ill is it's the craziest thing because when she would have like her chemo and stuff, obviously her hair like fell out and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was, she still was so strong. And like, I always think about it, like it didn't stop her. Like it wouldn't, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know that she was ill because when she was having her treatment and stuff, like even though she lost her hair and stuff, because again, like her energy was just so like, magnetic that you just wouldn't i mean again i can back you up on that you like you knew her when she was ill and you just you you wouldn't anyone that didn't know you just wouldn't know so yeah and then when she had her operation to remove her ovaries then she had to go through like menopause so she had
0: she had the cyst removed first and then she had uh hysterectomy that's what it's called isn't it
1: yeah 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 and then so then going through that she then as well as having to recover from that, obviously, naturally, she had to go through it menopause. Like, that's what happens. And She's obviously,
0: doing... the realisation that even though she was older, she would not be able to have any more children.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, she went through all of that. Her hair started growing back. I don't know if she was still... I don't know how it works again. I can't remember. I don't know if she still would have been having chemotherapy or not. But her hair did start growing back. Mm-hmm. And they did tell her... They told us that she was clear because obviously they got rid of the cancer assist so they as far, from what they see, they took the cancer out so they were like okay you're clear for now but obviously again they knew it's like you're clear you're clear for maybe a couple of months and then they realized that it actually spread and it's come back and that's what happened
0: before we dive into that further let's just rewind back to the diagnosis so your dad had that conversation with you he cried to you do you remember yeah. the first time you saw your mum after you'd found out?
1: I vaguely do. I remember, so that's how I know that she was in hospital. So she must've, cause she was in a hospital bed when we went, I went up to the ward to go see her and she was in hospital. And I just remember I didn't, it's weird. I don't think we, I didn't say to her, I didn't say, I know you've got cancer. But obviously she knew I remember her just hugging me being like it's gonna be okay but those words never like uttered like my mouth to her like I didn't say it so yeah and then yeah
0: well that I'm sure that your mum and your dad had the conversation were like who's gonna tell her
1: yeah yeah, yeah definitely
0: on reflection um are you pleased that your dad told you or would you have rathered your mum or would you have rather them both or
1: um I think I am happy that my dad told me I think but I think the reason why they probably chose that um, for him to tell me was because again like from my memory I think she did have to stay in hospital for like a little bit while they were like running tests so I guess she wouldn't have really been able to tell me in a private way being on a ward so I think they probably thought okay and I know even though it was Acosta that I got told him but that it was it would have been around like evening time like there wasn't really anyone around it was just me and my dad like in a little corner (laughs) so and maybe you know I could be wrong maybe there was a plan in place and my dad just couldn't hold it in because obviously I would have seen him crying so I'm sure I probably asked him I probably said like why are you crying and that's probably how like it led into conversation so maybe it wasn't even planned but I don't think I like either way I don't yeah I don't mind that it was him that said it I don't mind if it was I'm glad it was them and not like a random doctor or like a nurse, like coming yeah, in and yeah.
0: like all the family friend who you were with.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's like a good thing.
0: So, oh, what was I going to say to you? Get my thinking cap on. <laughs> um, earlier on, you mentioned how you never, you never cried until you'd had counselling. You felt like you had to be the strong one. You never, you never sh- publicly cried. Yeah. Did you ever speak to your mum and dad about how you were feeling? Did you ever tell your mum that you were you were scared or anything? no
1: never i never yeah never it's so weird because it's like it's it's like i gave myself like a rule book and i was like i don't like we're not talking about this this is like it was as if it's like a thing that was out there but like no one spoke about but they openly would obviously talk about it but i never ever spoke about it yeah i never said to her i never asked her like do you like i mean not i never said like do you how do you how do you feel like how I never said that I just just sort of I think in a way I think because I didn't understand I mean I knew cancer was bad but I think because I didn't obviously understand the stage that she had it I think I like convinced my brain to sort of overlook it in a sense and think she's having this operation so she's going to be fine she's she's just ill for a little well, bit it was, it's so a I,
0: defense mechanism even if you planned it or not yeah.
1: yeah it's so bizarre like that's how I feel like yeah I never spoke about it to her like properly
0: later on I want to speak about how the whole thing is, has kind of shaped you as a woman that you yeah. are now but thinking back to the kind of that the fact that you dealt with it by doing that has that carried into your adult life do you do that with things now
1: Oh, what like breeze over things yeah um I would say yes and no. I think not so much now, but sometimes with, like sometimes it depends if it's something, I think I breeze over things when I think there's no point getting like so like worried and panicked, like until the worst thing, until the baddest thing happens, which is what I did there, like with the whole my mum getting diagnosed with cancer I sort of thought okay like until until someone tells me she's going to die that's when I will like fully acknowledge that this is happening and until then I think everything's going to be okay so I think that is what I sort of in a way do do now until the worst thing can happen I try and think I try and be positive and just think let's be positive I mean say that but and I can be very negative at the same time (laughs) it's like something crazy like something that could be awfully bad and that's why I try and give other people advice as well and like just to try and think about like the positives until the worst case scenario is happening
0: and but also and correct me if I'm wrong here because you've been through something so traumatic at a young age that's Going to have shaped you into being a strong person, so you might be more resilient to things than other people, so they might get upset and not know how to deal with things. Whereas you've had to learn a very difficult lesson early on,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I do feel like sometimes I can, it's so bizarre because, like I was saying, when I was younger, obviously, like I tried my hardest not to cry, and now that I'm older, I feel like I've got like extra empathy for other people because I think to myself, like, I just think. I know what I went through and when I felt like I couldn't like express it. So I feel like I take on other people's like pain sometimes, but not my own, <laughs> like my own, like anything bad could happen to me now. And I would be like, I'm not faced.
0: <laughs> Is that something you want to work on? I think um, yes and
1: no. I think it probably would be, it's quite a hard question. I'm trying to think how, I guess I should work on it in the sense that I should probably try and get more to grips of like accepting my own feelings and instead of trying to like push them down mm-hmm. but then I'm not it's not like I'm necessarily pushing them down I just I think my brain is just so like conditioned into that's my coping mechanism well that's it's how it's- I like
0: it's basically exactly what you done when you were younger. You didn't put your feelings yeah. first, you put your dad's. So you probably yeah, put other so people's feelings first that. rather than your own. Yeah.
1: It's the most bizarre thing. Someone could tell me something that's sad that's happened to them. And I'll find myself welling up hearing about like their story. But then I could think, oh, like I've, I've obviously had like bad stuff. And yes, talking about it now, I like cry and stuff. But if I was on my own, I wouldn't sit there and cry about it. Well, I but look- I
0: remember that from when we were teenagers.
1: Yeah. even then
0: someone would say something to you about it and you'd be like "Ah, that's nothing Yeah. you were very dismissive
1: yeah I think that's what I do I just sort of and it's only yeah it's quite bizarre but (laughs) that's how I deal with it
0: everyone has their own ways of dealing with things mate everyone has their own ways so it's quite interesting you mentioned how when you were at home when she was being diagnosed and when she was having treatment for you it was kind of let's not talk about it I don't want to talk about it well, did that carry through to school both at primary and high school and with friends or did you, I mean, I know a um, bit because you spoke to me a little bit, but
1: yes, yes. And no. So I would, when she obviously got diagnosed, I remember my friends at the time that I had in primary school. Um, Shout out Ella. <laughs> I had like, a, yeah, I had like a really close friend, Ella. And obviously I told her um, and her family knew and I think I more told them in the sense like just because they're going to find out anyway so I sort of did it but realistically thinking about it if I could have got away with not telling anyone I think I definitely would have it's weird I didn't really want people I am and again this is why like doing this talking about this is such a, a big thing because I am such a private person that literally only the closest people in my life and I'm talking like closest like friends like we were so close and stuff like when I was young, that's how like they know about things like this, like yeah. no one else, would anyone else that thinks they know me or think that we're close, if they don't know this stuff, we're not that, that close. Cause I just keep things so- I don't know this stuff
0: cause I don't really like you.
1: <laughs> I, find it really, it's not that I find it really hard talking about it. And it takes me a while to like warm up and talk to someone about stuff like this. So yeah, when I was younger, if I could have kept it all in and not told anyone, I definitely would have done, but I did it more in the sense like I have to because like people are going to find out. And even I'm sure I think even when I told I can't necessarily remember, but I'm pretty sure that when I told them I didn't cry. And I feel like I remember
0: not yeah. crying.
1: When I, said
0: it. I remember a lot of our younger years. It, you were yeah. very, you're very quick to like laugh at things. And sometimes and it was done. a little bit, it was a little bit transparent because it was like yeah. y- you were doing it because you felt like you mentioned earlier, you felt awkward.
1: So I would like be very anything like anything bad could happen and I'll try and make a joke out of it and just take like try and be like oh like it's fine like something like something bad happened to me I'll be like oh like whatever but I think that is just how I do you know why as well I think now that I get older and through counseling that I had and stuff I think because of obviously when my dad when I think seeing my dad cry and that obviously set off the whole I can't cry I think it sent a trigger in the sense I felt awkward getting really deep with other people about things because I didn't want to make them cry. I think that's what it was. So that's why I thought if I play off like I'm okay, they won't they won't feel sad for me. Like that's another thing. Like I it's like you
0: don't want people to feel sorry for you.
1: Yeah. No. And I'm still like that to this day. Like I get mad if I cry about something. I'm like, like I said to you last night, I said, oh, if when we talk, if I cry, please don't feel bad like you've like triggered me or anything because I can talk about it it's just frustrating that I cry and you were like it's fine like why are you so still in me well I-
0: so I said or did I say I want you to cry or
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we'll
0: make good just content
1: it, like, a like I'd look at it like a psycho if I didn't cry That's about, Like about but it is true I just have this thing with crying where even though I cry so much now I still am like find it embarrassing like i don't like doing it and i don't like the idea of making someone else cry
0: at like my this this might be an obscure thing to say and if it is then just say hope oh, shut up um <laughs> but your mum was obviously caribbean she was a black woman yeah. Um, yeah. and she was f- a very strong woman do you yeah, think yeah. she instilled that kind of strength and not accept accepting sympathy from people yeah. into you or was it just because of the of the cancer
1: no, I think, no, I think she did as well. I think definitely. Like, I remember even before, like before she was ill, she very much was always very strong-minded and very strong. And I always thought, I always looked up to her, like I want to be a woman like that. So I think, yeah, not that it's it's not a sign of weakness at all to like express your emotions and to cry. Mm-hmm. That is not what I'm saying one bit. But I think, yeah, I think that's another reason why I, the way I handled it was like, She's cop- she it's not she's the one that's ill and she's so okay and like acting as if everything's fine. And she doesn't want me to be sad for her. So I shouldn't show that I'm sad for her and that I'm like sad as well.
0: Do you think it- it's not <laughs> Snotty. Um you said there that you she never act she always acted like it was okay. Do you think it was an act?
1: What putting it on? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what, do you know what's crazy? I always Think. <laughs> I can feel myself well, see I'm getting annoyed that I'm like- well. not get annoyed, it's
0: completely fine.
1: I always think if she was alive like today, I'd love to ask her like, were you scared? Because you never acted like you, were, like I'm talking not until like on her deathbed, you wouldn't, she did not act like she was scared and I think if I was in that position, I would be terrified, like imagine knowing that you're gonna, that you're going to die and you're gonna leave your child and your husband behind. I'd be so, so scared, but she never, like maybe, maybe I've inherited it from her, like maybe she was like me, like pushing down like her feelings or maybe she just genuinely had just accepted what was happening. I don't know, but I always find like, yeah, she never like, I don't know whether it was an act or not maybe like maybe my dad would know more because I guess at the time I was so young so she wouldn't have had those conversations with me but maybe like with my dad maybe she voiced to him that she was scared but I mean he's never we've never we've never really like spoken about it in that way whether she was scared or not maybe I should ask him.
0: (laughs) After this you're gonna go right dad I've got loads of questions for you now got a list.
1: (laughs) Need to write them down get a notepad out. (laughs) You okay, yeah, no, I see. This is what I mean. Like, I could oh, I I I ch- I talk double <laughs> because
0: we're going to go on to the deaf now. So, yeah. I, I want you to be, I want to make we'll sure because the mic won't pick you up if you're going, <laughs> 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 so, so I'm um, make it. I'm yeah, I'm making a joke out of it now. Hey, right,
1: so that's how also we like because you're so used to how that is with us when we talk about things like that. Like, that's how no, make, I'm exactly the same, yeah,
0: you yeah. know what I'm like, right. <laughs> let's dive into this then so I remember the day that your mum passed away um yeah I think you text me mm-hmm. so just a bit give the listener some concept Jaqueta lived the other side of of the road from me and the hospital was at the end of the road quite conveniently yeah. really um yeah, right. but I remember you I remember you messaging me and you said my mum's passed away yeah so straight away I said come round we'll have some ice yeah. cream
1: yeah, and that, that was I mean, kind of me, my
0: way of helping you but again when you came round you were fine
1: yeah I know and I remember that day coming round and seeing you too I know it's crazy
0: so tell us about your mum dying the build-up yeah. to that she was in the hospital wasn't she because I remember my mum went to go see her
1: yeah so basically I don't know if this is I, I don't know if this is the thing that still happens but I think back then if you are if you're dying and they know that you're going to die they will ask you if you want to essentially die in your home or if you want to die in hospital obviously I was very young at the time so my mum was like I want to die in hospital they would have bought they would have transferred a hospital bed like put it in the house and everything so she would if she wanted to pass away at home she could
0: have. you know why she made that decision
1: yeah, because of me. And I do know this because my dad did tell me the same one. She said, I want to die in hospital because I don't want Chiquetta to wake up in the morning and see me dead. Or, I don't know, like, go in to, to talk. Not that when she was in the last few days of her life, she was not being able to, like, talk or anything. She mm-hmm. was essentially just incoherent, sort of still like living, but not really alive. Mm-hmm. So... She made the decision for me. And I do think maybe, like, I mean, I think to myself, maybe it probably, in my case, probably was the best decision because had I seen her dead body, I don't know how I would have reacted to that. I never have. Like, I never did ever see, like, her dead bodies. And I don't think I would have... I think I wouldn't have been able to, like, cope with it even though again to everyone else they would have thought that maybe I was sort of okay with like coping with things like to myself. So yeah, she was in hospital. So my dad used to, he used to work and he would see her every morning. He would get up really, really early in the morning. He would go to the hospital before I woke up. He would go visit her in the morning and then he would come back, ready to get me ready for school. Um, obviously, I was in high school now. Um, ready to get me like ready for school, like, sort of my lunch and stuff. Let me go to school. Well, I would go to yours in the morning. <laughs> I would like, he used to drive me to Hope's house that was literally just across the road. <laughs> <home. laughs>
0: also, <laughs> I was going to say, him getting you ready for school sounds like, oh, it's really nice and he made us. You were no. a shit. So he would have been having arguments with you after going to see your sick mum. He would have come home to you. You know, like, you
1: know, hurry up before I get to hopes. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm trying to do my mascara. I want to make sure whatever. Like, I would be. my my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so he used to like. It would have been hectic. It wouldn't have been like a nice like. Have breakfast together
0: like this. is awesome. pancakes. <laughs> it
1: would have been hectic as hell. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so he would drop me off at yours and then obviously we would go to school and then on his lunch breaks as soon as he would have his lunch breaks he would go straight to the hospital i sort of think where did he i think he would eat in like the room with my mom he would go straight to the hospital um to see her and then he would go back to work and then after work he would pick me up from school and we would go straight to the hospital to see her so i used to see her every evening and that routine continued throughout the whole time she was in hospital. And I don't know how long she was in there for, but it felt like it was a very long time because she was in there, when she first was in there, she was still talking and it was fine. And it felt like I was just visiting like a family member in hospital. Um, and then as obviously it got worse and worse and worse, and I guess they stopped your treatment at some point, it got worse and worse and worse and more, obviously it was essentially she was dying and I think that, I want to say that the past, I think it was like the last, maybe like two or three weeks. Again, my timing is like a little bit off, but where she got, when she was really bad, as in really wasn't basically alive anymore, like couldn't really speak, sort of was just lying there. I didn't see her. I stopped seeing her because, Mm -hmm. and that was her decision for me not to see her. I mean, if I wanted to, I'm sure I could have, but I think she had asked my dad to ask me how I felt if I was okay with not seeing her because she didn't want me to see her like that and to like, remember her Mm -hmm. as bubbly like person that she was because dad says that she, I mean, she was just lying there. Like she wouldn't, sometimes she would, open her eyes and dad would obviously be talking to her. and Sometimes she would open her eyes, but it was like she was looking through him. Like she just yeah. didn't know where she was, what was going on. So I do, again, like hit and miss. I think from my situation, it's probably nice because again, I don't know how I would have coped with like actually seeing her, even though I did in a way watch her die, mm-hmm. but actually seeing her like fully like deteriorating. Cause I think near the end, it gets quite quickly. So I feel like that was a good decision, like on my parents' path, like for me not to see that. Cause yeah, I don't know how, cause I do, I remember her as her bubbly self, like I'm saying, I don't remember her feeling or acting ill. So I think if I would have seen that it would have officially been her really like being ill um, and obviously dying, but yeah.
0: And how was that time after she died? Do you, so, I can't remember if you had time off school
1: no so that's another crazy thing this is like well not crazy but this is just what I mean by the way I like coped with things was just so bizarre so I I obviously knew I knew that she was going to at this point I knew that she was dying I'd been told that she was um going to die and I'd been told that obviously you know Who told she you this dying. your dad no a, fam- a family member told me that I don't actually agree with. <laughs> so a family a family member told me that my mum was dying before my mum got the chance to tell me that she was dying, which is a bit not like that's not great, but it is is what it is. Like it's in the past. Um, but yeah, so she obviously I knew that she was dying, and I remember when I stopped seeing her. I remember I went to, I think it was Cornwall. My friend Ella at the time, we went, her family had like a caravan and they were going on like a family caravan holiday and they invited me along. I and remember this. I, yeah, I went with them. It must have been for like a weekend or like a long weekend or something. And I went with them and I remember genuinely thinking, when I get back, my mum's probably going to be dead. Like I remember thinking, I'm probably going to come back and my dad's gonna tell me my mum died over the weekend and he didn't ring me because he didn't want to like you know yeah. so and I remember coming back and I remember asking him is like mum still alive and he was like yeah she is and then she passed away on September the, on the 6th of September and I remember I knew that she had died. She passed away on the 6th of September in the evening. And I think it was like 11.30, like p.m. in the evening or like 12. It was like midnight because I was fast asleep. And it's so weird. I remember being in, I was fully fast asleep, like in a a deep sleep. But I don't know, it was just bizarre. And I remember suddenly waking up. I literally just was like, you know how sometimes you just wake up in the middle of the night randomly, like wide awake? It was so weird. I woke up. And I was awake and i remember turning over to go to sleep and then i heard the house phone ring and i remember thinking it must be really late why is the house phone house phone ringing and then i thought i, I bet it's the hospital and i heard my dad maybe he had been like he's not a very light sleeper so he must have like heard he must have maybe either been awake or heard the house phone and he got up went downstairs and i heard him answer the phone and i heard him just say okay okay, I'll be, I'll be there in like 10 minutes, I'll be, I'll be there. And then I remember not hearing anything for a while. And then he, I remember hearing like a light knock on my bedroom door and he came into my room and was like, like, you know, you whisper, like you don't wanna wake someone up. And I said, I like pretended like I'd been asleep the whole time. And he said, I'm gonna to go to the hospital do you wanna come with me? And I said, no. And he like he didn't say, I'm going to the hospital because your mum passed away. He just said, I'm gonna to go to the hospital. Do you wanna come with me? And I said, no. And then he said, are you okay? If I like, cause obviously like, I know it might sound to some people a bit crazy, like leaving an 11 year old, like in the house at night on their own, but the hospital literally was down the road from us. It was- well, and also,
0: there was no one else really you didn't have family members who lived close you didn't have yeah Yeah, exactly have much of the night
1: like yeah so I yeah I said no and he went and then I must have fell asleep but I remember before I fell asleep I just knew like I I knew that she must have passed away and then the next morning when I woke up I remember like just waking up and I remember opening my door and I literally, I always remember this, I was still on the landing. I'm gonna open my door. I just took like a deep breath because I like had to like, can like sort of like console myself because I was thinking in my head, I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And I walked downstairs and my dad was just in the dining room, just crying. Like he must, I don't know how long he'd been sat there but he must've just been sat there crying. And when I walked in, he just hugged me and he just said, and I was like, I know, like, I know. And again, like for like an 11 year old to like say to like their dad, like I know that's like a thing that you do when you're consoling someone like, and I did cry, like I did, but I felt weird about crying. Like I cried, but I just felt awkward about crying. It's so weird. I just hated crying publicly. Like I just couldn't do it. And then, yeah. And then obviously I, um. Then, obviously, I went round to Hope's house and had ice cream. And <laughs> the thing was, like, okay, I just, that's just how, like, and to some people, they might think, God, that sounds so, like, heartless. And it's not, I want to make it clear. It's no, not, I,
0: if anyone thinks that, they can do one. Because
1: yeah, it's not. I want to make it clear, like, it's not that I didn't cry. I did, but I just literally cried in private to myself. Like, every night I practically cried, but no one knew. Like, I just couldn't deal with other people like knowing and I just couldn't deal with other people feeling sorry for me
0: well that Um, would have made it again correct me if I'm wrong but people giving you sympathy and you crying in front of people would have made it more real
1: yeah I think so definitely I agree I just sort of wanted to have some normality in my life and if me hanging around like my school friends and not talking about it that made me like you're right it made me sort of forget that that's happened to me. Um, but yeah, I didn't take any time off school. The only time I took off school was for the funeral, and that was two days. And that was purposely because obviously the day off for the funeral, and then she had the funeral in Kent, which is where like my that's the church where my parents got married. So I had to have the day before off for that. Or maybe had no. I remember traveling down, I'd been to school and then I traveled down that evening to Kent then her funeral was the next day. And then the next day is the day that I had off school. And then, but then I was back to school, like as if people would think it was normal, but it was weird. Cause she passed away in, it would have been the summer holiday, but then we were back at school. And I remember we were in year eight because I was 11 and it was gonna be uh, like year eight, you were gonna be 12, aren't you? You were 12 when you were eight? Yeah. So I remember going in and I remember teachers knowing that. Have I got that right? If I, I like, think well, so.
0: Because I'm now thinking, like, when you go to high school, you're 11 yeah. to 12 in year seven, and then yeah. eight is 12 yeah. to
1: 13. Okay, you ignore me. It's no, exactly so that,
0: no, I think that's right.
1: Wait, what? <laughs> I'm like,
0: my okay, Anyway, Okay, Anyway. Back. you went back to school.
1: I went back to school, yeah. and I had teachers that didn't know that my mum had cancer because I think maybe because obviously I was quite young, I guess they had, to, I guess my family had to tell my teachers because obviously if I got upset or something. And I remember teachers asking me, um, like chat, like catching up with me and being like, oh, like how's, how's things with your mom? And I remember being like, she's dead, she's passed away. And even then when I said it, I still didn't cry. It's bizarre because if this was now, I'd be bawling my eyes out. But I just couldn't cry in front. These teachers must have thought I was, like, had no if, empathy. No,
0: if they were trained professionals, they would have known that you were a child, yeah. trying to cope with it the best way that you yeah. could. And that was yeah. to kind of do that.
1: Cry. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, So they would say, like, they would obviously ask, and I would say, oh, no, she's, she's dead, she's passed away. And then there would be an awkward, obviously, pause, because they're thinking because well one again this is what used to like make me feel bad is I used to feel bad for them because I didn't want them to feel sad or awkward that they had asked me how my mum was and that I and that she's passed away so then for them there'd be sort of like an awkward pause and then obviously it would be the whole oh if you ever need anyone to talk to you blah 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 all that stuff and I would just genuinely that used to go straight over my head I didn't even think about having counselling I didn't want it I didn't want to talk to anyone about it I just was like yeah 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 like it, it sounds so stupid but like as a child I just thought yeah I'm dealing with this myself like I'm gonna soothe myself like I don't need anyone else
0: tonight. well the thing is you care teenagers and we can both say this they're bloody stupid yeah. and we think know. We know, when we're teenagers we think we know everything
1: we think that we are literally
0: the dog bollocks
1: and it's crazy <laughs> because like but now that I think, it's weird. Even now when I think about it, when people talk to me and they're like, oh God, like your mum passed away when you were so young. It's crazy. Because I remember back then, I didn't feel that young. Like you don't, you never feel like no. young when you are. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought yeah. I was like 18 and <laughs> <At>
0: 11. <laughs> so you've touched on the counselling that you had when you were, when it first happened when you were in your teenage years. Um, yeah. You didn't really welcome it. It wasn't something that you wanted to do. It was just that kind of, you were told you had to go. Yeah. Um Have you had any counseling now that you're an adult now that you might feel about differently no you don't want to the
1: last the last time i ever had counseling was when i was 16 and i have never ever had counseling again since and i think do you know what part of me thinks it probably would be healthy and quite not like everyone i think everyone should talk to a therapist not just in general, because it, it like it can help just getting things out, things that you might want to keep in private, but you just want to get them out in the open and speak to someone. I understand it, um, but yeah, I've never, I never. I think a part of me is because it's weird when I look back at like that time in my life. It is literally as if I'm talking about two different people to who I am now. I am a completely different person. It's as if talking about the stuff that happened it's as if it didn't happen to me but obviously it did do you feel like it
0: almost happened to like a child you knew
1: yeah it's weird it's like I don't in my brain like I don't associate myself with that person or like that happening it's crazy so I think I I think a part of me thinks I wouldn't want to go if I went to a therapist or counselor I wouldn't want to sorry I don't know why I'm saying both terms because they are the set that is they are the same tale. tale I mean, right? you
0: said sneaker earlier. I thought we're going English and American. Who cares? No, do you
1: know why? This is because I, <laughs> I don't know. I've literally, I always, I always say like American phrases. I don't know what is wrong with me. You watch too much <laughs> but, Sex but, in the City. <laughs> way too much. Way too much gossip done. But um, I yeah, I think if I went, I wouldn't want to actually talk about any of this or speak about um anything really to do with my mum or. or what I went through as a teenager like child or whatever because I feel like I've put it to bed I've gotten over it like I've that's that happened I've grew I've you know processed it yeah Yeah. I think bringing it up again will just be it'll just be things that I don't want to like necessarily relive I'm okay with talking about it but I wouldn't want to talk about it in the sense like constantly and having it as like therapy I would rather talk about current things like I don't know how to just like just current like general like things that if I was struggling with I would rather talk about things like that than things that have happened in the past. Yeah
0: I can relate to that because I've got past trauma that I feel like I've dealt with in my own way and I don't want to go to therapy because even though it might benefit me I don't want to open up that wound.
1: Yeah you just think you just sometimes like in your head you've put things to bed you've put them away and bringing it back up again it can it can help but I think because I spent the whole literally my whole like teenage well not my whole teenage life but my whole basically school like high school experience up until the age of 16 constantly talking to people about things that had happened in the past or things that was going on that I feel like enough is enough like I've, I've yeah I mean yeah. I feel like I've been told everything I possibly could have been on how to deal with it and I've dealt with it my own way and yeah I don't know I don't dwell on the past I don't sit it doesn't it doesn't affect me in my like day to day I've just learned from it all.
0: Before we round up today um, I want to ask you about your dad yours and your dad's relationship as someone who was your best friend through high school one of them I know that there were times where it was quite strained there were arguments I mean we all had arguments with our parents I used to argue with mine as well we were we were pretty um, rebellious mean girls at the time. How has that kind of, from your mum getting ill, to passing away, to the post stuff, to now, how has the relationship kind of formed? How has it been? So,
1: yeah, the craziest thing with my dad is, he, honestly, I, in my head, I'm like, he is, like, just amazing. I don't know how, I don't know how he did it, like, how hard it must have been, losing your wife bringing up a teenage daughter on your own like it must have been you know yeah and there was you know when we were younger the way my and my dad's relationship is we're so close but at the same time if anyone that didn't know us that well if they heard our arguments they would think that they would think it was the what they would think we wouldn't talk ever again because we will have (laughs) arguments like they would be crazy full-on heated arguments all the time and to be fair throughout the whole time that I was in school we were constantly back and forth arguing and it hasn't been until as an adult that we've we literally don't really argue now if we argue we like bicker like but it's not it's nothing like how it used to be back then we would really 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 argue and they would be really bad and then the next day we would talk as if nothing had ever happened and as if and people like friends around me would be like what is going on you just had the most crazy argument with your dad and now you're perfectly fine like as if nothing's happened but again I think that's how we both like got out our frustration and I think we're both we're both the type of people where I mean he I I, in the past when I was younger I really was I don't know how he like coped with me because obviously I did act out a bit And I really did say probably some very hurtful things to him and he just never let them like phase him and vice versa. He's never said anything as horrible as what obviously like things I've said to him. But even so, we just don't let it phase each other. We just move on and just, yeah, move forward. But yeah, we still bitter, but not, (laughs) nowhere near as bad.
0: My fondest memories of your dad is is chocolate digestives, dark chocolate digestives. Um, I also remember... I always, I always used to eat your peanut butter in big spoonfuls <laughs> <laughs> if I around your house. Um, I'm the pasta and pesto for dinner yeah. every night. Um, and the fact that he used to drive to the supermarket for every meal rather than doing a big food shop. Does he still do that?
1: Hope he still does that. He just, I, I don't just thought it out.
0: There's a pandemic out there.
1: He doesn't know how to do a bloody food shop. I have, if anyone doesn't, if I like do a food shop, I will do one. But if it's up to him, he, I don't know what it is. <laughs> He's just like, I'd rather just go out, get it. I don't know.
0: Just bizarre. <laughs> just bizarre. So let's end on this note then. How do you think the whole situation has shaped you into the woman that you are now? We spoke earlier about how you love Estée Lauder. You have always have. Um, and your mum used to work at Estée Lauder. And we spoke about how your mum was very strong and bubbly and you feel like you've inherited some of those qualities. But in general, going through this at a young age, how do you think it's shaped you? And if it hadn't have happened, who do you think you'd be now?
1: I I think it's it's hugely impacted everything in my life. And in the beginning, yes, in a bad way, but then I think I managed to turn it into a positive in the sense that it gave me a wake-up call. I obviously, I think anyone that goes through trauma when they're young or, you know, wherever it could be, you have moments where you just don't really care about anything. Like, you just don't care. Like, and obviously, like, depression and stuff that's in, and you just, you just are just so, like, numb to things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was moments in my life where I'm, like, it could have turned out pretty bad. I could have, you know, spent my whole life dwelling on what had happened to me and I could have never sort of like come back around and sorted myself out basically. But again, and I think that's her, like with the whole being strong, like always be strong, was that I just knew I can't sit there and dwell on this for the rest of my life and think I haven't done this and that because of what happened to me when I was younger. Like I haven't done this because I had to go through this at the time and I just think I just yeah it was literally I would say when I was 16 I just thought I need to turn my life around and could like sort it out and yeah I always knew that I wanted to make sure that I had like a good career and stuff because listening to her and like her career it always enforced in me that I want to be independent and I want to not rely on anyone else and I want to be able to have life experiences that one day I can talk to like my children about like I want to be able to say what I I want to be able to talk to my kids and have so many things that I've done and tell them about which is what she which is what she did for me I feel like I'm just growing up to try and be like a mini her (laughs) but yeah everything she just influenced I think and the gate. Obviously the way I deal with things as well. Mm -hmm. I think the way I am with people now that I'm older, I think she's influenced that. I always try and be positive and try and make people like, feel good and there's like good energy around. Like I don't like it. I hate seeing people that are sad. I genuinely, like I said, it it will make me cry. Like I just, I can't. So I always want to uplift people because that's what she did. She uplifted you. You could feel down and she would make you feel great and like give you so much motivation so yeah
0: and um, you mentioned earlier that she was a talker and you send 10 minute voice notes so uh, that you've inherited that I, as well
1: <laughs> i talk and i ramble so r- <laughs> we've probably gone off topic here about a minute, like honestly i just talk and talk, and talk, and talk and talk i probably think everyone's
0: head in but i'm like oh no she's doing a voice note oh how long's it gonna be but i, <laughs> I love it oh,
1: god here we go <laughs> you know
0: what i'm so pleased that we've rekindled our friendship because um nice. we obviously didn't speak for how long five years six years something yeah. ridiculous it was
1: six years, six years. it's mad hour.
0: um so i'm really pleased that we've rekindled this and i can't tell you how much i appreciate you coming on here to speak about yeah. this because i know you're very <laughs> private and so i appreciate it i know
1: it. no thank you I wouldn't have done it like it feels right. I wouldn't have done it for anyone else for anything else. Stop
0: it. (laughs) Well,
1: friends, so love you, mate. Love you.
0: (laughs) I told you it was a great episode and a long one too, wasn't it? My goodness, I really hope that you got something out of that episode. By hearing Jaquetta's story, Um, as I said there, time and time again I feel so grateful that she decided to come on and chat to me about that um, as she's not an open book when it comes to that sort of thing so I really do appreciate it Chiquetta thank you so much for coming on Um, and thank you so much for listening if you've got this far in the podcast you are a legend Um, so thank you so much for the support if you want to get in touch maybe you are an incredible woman yourself and you'd like to come on to share your story you can do that or maybe you've got some comments or feedback Drop me an email, woman to woman podcast at gmail.com, or give me a message on the socials. You can find me everywhere. My handle is at Hope Ellen. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you this time next week, where I'll be joined by another incredible woman. Last thing before I go thoughts on this music? Because uh, I'm not sure I'm a fan. <laughs> it's the one i've chosen but i might i might need to change that send your samples they are welcome